Hi everybody, welcome back to Restoring the Path. This is Serena. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode today. It's not typically with my mama. I'm actually sitting here with one of my best friends, Alexa. Hello everyone, I'm Alexa. <laughs> How are you doing, Alexa? I'm good. I'm happy that you came to stay with me while my husband's away and uh, I don't have to be alone tonight again with the baby. So thanks for coming and yeah, everyone, I have my little three-month-old that I'm wearing um, in her little wrap because she only wants to be held right now. So I'm not sure if she's going to make any noise or not, but she's chilling. She's dipping out again for sure. She's dipping out? Yeah, big we'll time. We'll see. We'll see. She's been taking just baby little cat little cat naps. literal cat naps i'm like oh wait she always plays me because i think she's gonna go down for like three hours and then i look 20 minutes later and she's like yo what's up let's go time to get up she's out right now i know and now i want to go put her down it's okay you can put her down we can we'll, but we she can. probably won't stay asleep anyways and i'll have to redo this whole wrap thing i'm gonna just hold her you want to just hold her i just feel hope her neck is okay all right we can just keep you let me know <laughs> <laughs> all right but yeah we've known each other i was we said we were like 21 ish so like what's that 12 years ish at least 12 years yeah and we've come such a long way it's really incredible i think about all those times and how we met back when you started east side electro east side electro do you remember this yeah maybe we should just like tell everyone like kind of where we're gonna go with this like we met when we were both in a really bad place both in the rave scene, uh, new age, all the things, lost, traumatized. Now we both follow Christ. So that's where we're going to go with all that. Yes, you just summed it up there. And there's so many things. Even back, I remember Alexa when we first met, just how, you know, the people we were dating at the time and everything that me and you were going through at that part of our lives you were throwing parties you loved to do that as well that was just our scene Mm -hmm. and it was a not just a weekend thing it was a a lifestyle it was a lifestyle and I remember even after that too and we constantly stayed in touch throughout the last decade we always had something similar going on I remember Mm -hmm. we were always bonding over our traumas (laughs) Trauma bonds. Yeah, 100%. Not funny, but funny now. (laughs) Yeah, funny looking back. Um, Ada thought it was funny too. (laughs) She's so cute. Um, Yeah, and even though trauma bonds, honestly, looking back, Alexa, every single relationship, friendship that I've ever, not ever had, but I feel like that's kind of the common denominator do you did you feel that way too yeah our pain is our our uh what what connects us and our lostness is what connects us just like when you're in Christ that's what connects you yeah that is so true we um I remember we met because so I yeah I, I started this business out of school throwing dance music events booking talent from around the world marketing partner for large music festivals nightclubs around um, the Northeast, and we had booked an artist called Headhunters, which is like, I don't know anymore, but he was like one of the top hardstyle DJ in the world. And we booked him because he had never been to Philly, and we 
got connected with some local hardstyle DJs in Philly, one of which was Serena's boyfriend at the time and my boyfriend at the time. And him became friends, which and then he played our show and Serena was there. So that's how we got connected because we were in the same scene, loved the same music, did the same drugs, had the same problems, basically. And we became that's not we didn't just connect over our problems. We connected because there was a love there and there was a commonality and we just bonded. But that's how we met. And um I remember, like, we were at Ultra together, and uh, I remember ending, like, we at Subfocus, or or uh, we saw Gaia, and then yes. and then we went over to the hard, uh, the drum and bass stage and ended the night there. I remember that vividly. I remember those pictures, too. Yeah, we have some good photos, and we'll definitely have to do a before and after. Yeah. For sure. Seriously. Those were, those were some crazy times. Yeah. I feel... Looking back on all those moments, obviously the Lord knew that we would end up where we are now and how you would be a key part in bringing me out of my own deception that I was in in the new age. And it's to me thinking about, I don't even, do you remember if we ever did any of that Um, new agey stuff together? I don't rem- honestly I don't remember hanging out with you outside of shows like because yeah. for me like the way my path went was after I graduated I had just so much unresolved trauma from upbringing and from college um, and I was really looking for healing which is what most people enter the new age for is like there's trauma they need healing and I it's for me it started with yoga and I was going to a yoga class down in South Philly and yoga gave me some relief some peace you know but that was the slippery slippery slope into the eastern world mysticism healing you know it started with yoga turned into meditation and throughout the whole course of my 20s turned into you know, next step was energy healing. And then it was, I got Reiki certified, then I was doing tarot, then I was doing all of these really niche alternative healing modalities that you wouldn't even like hear about mainstream, you know? So that was like my slippery slope path. And all of it was me like looking for healing and looking for truth. Cause I always was like a seeker of truth, you know? And, um, but I don't remember like doing any of that with you but maybe my memory is just not good I don't know Do yeah you remember it I, I just memory subjective too and yeah. as we obviously as the years keep going we will only remember certain things yeah it's crazy Lex this is a little bit of a side step but very much related to how traumatic my life was and during that decade and I had done so much growth and Obviously, I can't, I won't live with regret on it, but I was reminiscing. You remember when I left Philly back in like 2016, Mm -hmm. 2017? I actually came to your pool, Mm -hmm. and that was like before you left, I think. Yeah, right before. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked, I think, a little bit. So I had been reminiscing back around, around those times, and the, when I left Philly back then in 2016, 2017, I went on, I remember going on the plane to LA and this was to go to the rehab center that I went to, the mental health Mm -hmm. rehab. And 
I didn't think I had a problem, but I was so lost in my, I was definitely this, my rock bottom moment where I was constantly, I was so hypersensitive emotionally. I, I would cry at the mm-hmm. drop of a hat. Yeah. I was taking Xanax as my coping mechanism. That was my go-to. And I remember, I, like, I had this thought come over me recently. When I got on the plane, I took a bunch of Xanax, and I would use the excuse because I used to have a lot of anxiety flying because I had a very traumatic flight happen to me when I was young. With the, we thought the plane was going to crash, all this stuff. So I had a lot of anxiety built up around flying. So that was always my excuse to yeah. overtake a bunch of things. And I got off the plane. I don't even remember being picked up by the person who was taking me to the rehab or any of that. And looking back, I had so many moments of that where I would take something and then forget wherever I was at. And I didn't think I had a problem. Even back when we were doing in our party days and recreationally trying whatever everything yeah pretty much yeah didn't think I had a problem then either I yeah I went through cycles where I knew I had a problem but then I was able to stop doing it like with cocaine me me too I could always stop when I wanted so I didn't think I had the problem as big of a problem as it was yeah 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 I went through that too um I remember we met the way we will you introduced me to that other mutual friend, the dentist. But I remember oh sitting with you while you were doing a transcendental meditation practice. Yeah, he and took I me there. And I can't even recall in my mind where we were. I just remember you sitting against a wall in the bed doing it, and I, I was present. But I literally have such splotchy memory, and like I don't even remember where we were. If I might have been doing it with you, I just don't remember at all. You might it's have, crazy. honestly. Well, to your what you said, what brought you into the new age stuff? So mine was yoga as well, and at it was City Fitness. Was I remember you signed me up for City Fitness because you worked at City Fitness, mm-hmm. and I was doing yoga like every day there. But it wasn't the typical gym yoga; like it was very spiritual. Yeah, like, it teaching was, from the texts and all the things. I loved it. I thought it was so good. One of my favorite instructors, and I thought she was so good. She was wonderful there. I think it was Abby. Abby. Mm-hmm. Marin was mine. Yeah, yeah. Abby was, she was my great. favorite. She was just a good person, you know. But I took yoga in college, and I got, like, the courses. Oh, and really? so I learned a whole yoga class, and it was Hatha yoga. Yeah, Hatha. I would go to Amrita, Amrita and do Hatha yoga. I remember Amrita. Yeah, so yoga was kind of that um, beginning for me as well and my father taught me meditation when I was younger so there was always little bits of eastern trickling throughout my childhood and mm. I think that's when I became so confused and it just really conjoined the two because I grew up in Christian faith and with Jesus I was going to a Baptist church mm. when I was younger for a while I would go to vacation Bible school I did all the things I knew about Jesus I knew about the word but I was hearing the same things over and over again. And also, my mom was in active addiction and living her double life at this time. Mm-hmm. So we would keep going to church. And I just felt, where's the fruit here? I yep. kept seeing the rotten, was... rotten fruit. And yep. I just immediately, I think that's when I started to reject Jesus or at right. least the church. I felt, wow, this is so hypocritical. Yep, that's what... 
Do you, you hear that all the time. Yeah. Same with me. Yeah. So that's what spiraled me to walk away from the church. And then when I moved in with to my dad's at 15, I was no longer living at my mom's. So the church, my dad wasn't going to church. And I was immediately, well, my Sundays are free again. This is great. I'm going to just hang out with my friends. And I didn't really party a lot in high school. It was right after when I was in college and... Um, you know, met met the boyfriend at the time, and that's how I met you, and that just catapulted me right into full-time partying. Yep. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my upbringing, I, same, not same, but similar, kind of like the hypocritical thing. I, my parents divorced young. I grew up with my, I call him my dad, technically stepdad. He just passed away, but he was my dad. And they, we went to church as a family, Roman Cat. We were Roman Catholic. I was required by my parents, my mom, to be an altar server. So I was an altar server from the time, you know, I was 11 to 18. Went to church every Sunday. Went to CCD. Did all the Catholic sacraments. But I had absolutely, I mean, there's no relationship. It's workspace. You earn your salvation. Like, well, first you get saved by being baptized you know your salvation comes through just being baptized as a baby which we know is not not biblical no case for that and it was the same thing there was a lot of abuse in my house so it was kind of like Sundays were church but throughout the week there was no fruit of we follow Jesus we talk about God things like that we said our prayers at night like my dad you know we said our prayers every night and there was definitely good things that we did and my dad is a very godly man and the way he provided his for his family and everything he did for us but the you know the mental emotional physical issues and the home it makes it hard for a child to believe in god when their environment is so hard from day to day week to week and then you go to church on sundays and you have an idea of what like a christian what someone that follows god should act like and that's not happening so it gives for me it gave me a sour taste of quote-unquote god you know in church and same thing and my biological dad didn't go to church he's agnostic atheist i think more agnostic now but yeah and i was so excited when i'd go visit him every other weekend in new york because i would literally like he would drop me off so that i could just pick up a bulletin and and i would leave because my my mom and my grandmother wanted to see proof that i went to church so he would just you know bring me to get a bulletin so I could show them I was quote-unquote there but I didn't actually go to the service and I same thing I loved not going to church when I was there and being able to sleep in and do what I wanted and whatever but so yeah there was just like no fruit it wasn't I never even heard the word Christian growing up you know we were Catholic so I didn't know what a Christian was it wasn't on my radar and the terminology I remember when I got saved and I thought back to my upbringing and my church history and I'm like I never heard the concept of getting saved I knew the word salvation but I never oh when did you get saved if you had asked me that I'd be like what you know because they don't talk like that in Catholic Church so but that was like kind of my upbringing when it came to like church stuff you know it was I did all the things and even taught kids on Sundays and yeah I mean, but just the fruit wasn't there. That's why it's so important to walk with the Lord every day because that's how you glorify God to an unbeliever. If you're not walking with the Lord, you can't glorify God because you're not 
going to be acting and being Christ-like. As, not that we're perfect in any way, but yeah. Yeah, Christ is perfect, and if we're walking in step with him every single day, of course, we won't be perfect. However, we are striving to be godly in all aspects that we can be. And that was a huge issue for me as a child. Now that I'm thinking back is the fruitless, even rotten fruit of the household that I was living in and lack of boundaries and the abandonment that I suffered and dealt with emotional and sometimes physical neglect all of that stuff and it's really just if I have to classify it just full-on abandonment and yeah those two things created the rebellion in me which is in all of us I mean we are naturally born fallen yeah we're naturally born rebellious yeah I thought I was special in my rebellion I don't know if you can relate to that but I was like quote-unquote the black sheep I started you know drinking at 14 years old like you know having sex young um boyfriend young uh drugs at 18 you know like partying hard and um, also starting, you know, a company and, you know, doing these big things and had accolades and was a gymnast and competed in college. And I thought I was so special in my rebellion and my, I thought I was so different, but that is actually the heart of rebellion and pride. Like pride says, I'm different. My identity is mine alone. No one else can relate. I'm special. That's what you see with the, you know, the transgender, all the things in our world that are pride driven when it comes to identity, I had this identity like I'm a badass entrepreneur and I do drugs and I party all over the world at these cool festivals. Like I'm super cool, you know, like I'm different. My rebellion is cool and different and I'm the black sheep, but that's literally the heart of rebellion and it makes me no different than the person that's rebelling in the way of falling into transgender identity or whatever it might be. Like it's all the same, it's all sin, it's all rebellion and mine wasn't special and yours isn't special what's interesting is like when you become a follower of christ and truly get saved then you're the true rebel like i remember reading a quote from like a rock i forget i forget who it was from but they were like we think rebelling is like going out there making all this money and living a rock star lifestyle but the true rebellion is being a christian i agree with that statement for sure and i also agree with everything you were just sharing in terms of me feeling unique black sheep that was what I always identified with mm-hmm, me too and I identified with so many things for a long time I didn't the sanctification process the Lord is putting me through right now is the onion layer 100% is who was I making an idol what was I making an idol and where was I finding my identity and yes. I don't think those things – do you think those things could be synonymous? Or do you feel like Sorry, they're separate? What? Like finding identity and idols, obviously, oh, not 100%. synonymous. Oh, 100%. But they could have overlap, but they're oh, separate. They're, they're totally one and the same. Okay. Yeah. So they would be synonymous. Oh, yeah. Because okay. think about, let's say, like I idolized motherhood or mm-hmm. being a mom. And my entire identity – sorry, I, ident- I idolized motherhood and worshiped motherhood and that was my whole focus in life was being a good mom at the 
you know, to the point where it actually hurts my family or I have no relationship with God or whatever and I'm, and I'm abandoning other responsibilities. It's my idol, right? So I'm, it's my identity and my idol. It's the same thing. I'm worshiping it and it's my identity. Just like when we were into dance music and raving, my identity was raver, right? Hashtag raver life. Hashtag, you know, whatever, rave all day. Whatever my hashtag on Instagram was at the time about raving, like underground raver, whatever. That was my identity. And I worshipped rave music and going to raves and that entire lifestyle. So it's all one and the same. Just like my entrepreneurship as an entrepreneur, that was a badge of honor identity for me. Like I would say the two biggest identities I've ever worn was raver and entrepreneur in terms of idolatry. I worshipped success and and accolades and um, getting acknowledged for what I was doing and being the legend quote-unquote as people would call me like I thought it was so cool so I worshipped that world of success and entrepreneurship and my identity was entrepreneur like that's how I define myself like in my Instagram bio like hashtag entrepreneur hashtag raver live or whatever you know what I mean so I think they're definitely like synonymous absolutely they're not necessarily the same in terms of definition but they're synonymous you can't have idolatry without an identity yeah 100 percent. the identity is the baseline really and then everything right. really comes the worship of the things comes yeah. from that identity right yeah which is yep. so crucial why we need our identity to be rooted in something that never changes and yep. is the child is of the, god mm-hmm. and we worship god yes our identity is child of god christ follower and we worship him and that's truth right nothing else is the truth in terms of what to worship you know yeah yeah and we all worship something yeah all worship something and even if you're an atheist you're worshiping your atheism you're worshiping your attachment to i don't believe in anything but that's a belief in itself so it's worship it's idolatry exactly yeah can't get around it we're built to worship yes we're built to have beliefs Yes, it's it's so true. The black sheep thing, I wanted to tie that back into how that catapults you into a lot of new age and these Eastern methodologies and modalities, all of that really oh, play yeah. on you being different, you being the black sheep and nobody and you're you're the special one because you're seeking quote-unquote special hidden knowledge. Yeah. So if you're special and you're the black sheep, well, you got to go get that special knowledge, too. Which, in the Bible, I should get my phone. All right. So, to continue about the tying in the seeking special knowledge. Thinking you're special, black sheep, rebellious, I'm different, all those things. Yeah. And the rebellion. I love what you said earlier, too, that all of our rebellions are the same and also glorified, really, by by the world. I mean, obviously, the rebellion is different. Yeah. However, we all relate to each other's rebellion. Mm-hmm. And you, what was the Bible verse you wanted to? Well, I want to bring it back. Like, there's a couple things I want to time, but at its core, it goes back to the garden and the fall. God tells them you can do all these things. You have all these good things. Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of of knowledge of good and evil. And that's what we're doing in the new age. And when we are rebellious, seeking higher hidden knowledge is we're we're doing what god said don't you know he was trying to protect us because these things really are dark demonic 
dangerous, evil, hurtful, traumatizing, all the things. When you're in it, you may not, and I didn't want to admit that. It's not until we're brought out of it that we could see how bad it hurt us. But essentially, it goes back to the fall of seeking things outside of what God says is okay. That's And, you know, we think we're cool for that. We think we're next level for that. We think we're conscious for that. We think we're enlightened for that. But it all goes back to the fall. It all goes back to Eve doing the thing God said not to do. But I want to bring up Revelation 2.24. I have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching. And then in parentheses it says, and I'm reading from the new um, NLT version, the New Living Translation. And it says in quotes, deeper truths as they call them, depths of Satan actually. So this is the whole new age right there. This is the whole seeking higher knowledge, seeking esoteric wisdom right here. Christ says, quote unquote, right? We would refer to those things as deeper truths. We're uncovering deeper truths about ourselves, about the universe, about the nature of spirituality. Deeper truths is in quotes. And then he says, depths of Satan, actually. Eve was tempted by Satan in the garden. And now we're seeking things that we think are of God in the new age. But Christ tells us us, they're depths of Satan. It's evil. It's dark. It's not going to lead anywhere good. It's going to lead to death. So he literally spells it out right there. And I I read that and I'm just like, it makes me like, I love that verse because it's just so blatant. So what what are these higher truths? Depths of Satan. That's what they are. It's laid out right there. And um, we think we're doing good when we... are seeking those things and we're seeking this higher good knowledge but god says it's not good and jesus says it's the depth of satan which is just uh it's ironic it really is it's the boundaries that a loving father gives to it's his children yeah it's like god like when you raise your child if you love your child you don't let them tell you they're a boy when they're really a girl as a a, a sane adult and parent the guideline is no sweetie like let's work through this like this Mm -hmm. isn't real Mm -hmm. this isn't good this Mm -hmm. is not this might be deeper knowledge that you're seeking of like how to manipulate gender and sex but the reality is the reality right yeah exactly well that verse that you had shared well originally what was a eye-opener for me was recognizing and connecting that dot between the enemy tempting even the garden for this deeper knowledge to know what good and evil is because the Lord created them perfect to be in closeness with him to worship him we would have if pre all good comes from God all, all good come comes from, from God, God. but mm-hmm. we go searching for untruths outside of that exactly and I didn't make that connection or when rather I made that connection is when I could really understand what it was, where the seeking comes from and all the temptations that I was feeding into because I had, I was curious about so many things for a really long time. I had an obsession with horror movies. I had an obsession with metal music, really dark, angry Mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. And I was feeding, it felt like, I think that that fallenness and all of the mm-hmm. the dark yeah. stuff that comes from knowing good and evil. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I can relate to that in terms of dance music. Like, do I still listen to dance music? 
yes, do I, I do not listen nearly as much. I don't listen to the same things. If anything, honestly, I listen to, like, chill hop or something, like, and here and there I'll go back and listen to some things I used to love, like, certain trance and stuff, but I can't listen to it for a long time because it honestly takes me back in a way where I start almost feeling like I'm back at a show or something, and I know that's not a good thing to feed off of. But just even the concept of like the way I would listen to that music and worship it and go to these shows and like put my hands up and worship the DJ and like literally worship DJs like, oh my gosh, I'll spend thousands of dollars to fly all the way halfway across America to go and like worship these artists essentially. So for me, it showed up in that way. Like I'm the darkness was me like giving worship to music and DJs that you know they didn't deserve my worship only god does but um there's something i wanted to say that was going off what you were saying and i ponder oh you were saying like the loving boundaries like like the quote-unquote like you'll hear people say like god the bible isn't a rule book it's a love letter I think it's a love letter and rules are good, right? It's like, okay, hey, like, don't touch the hot stove because you'll get burned. You can look at that as a rule. And if that wasn't there, you would have to touch the hot stove and get burned and then learn that way. So God has these guidelines because he loves us, right? Because he doesn't want us to get burned. But that goes back to what we were talking about before when we weren't recording and how you, what you brought up before about how I have a child now and I'm married. And, like, when I before I was saved I was very much like I'm never getting married I'm never having kids I'm all about sexual freedom and sexual liberation and all that exploration and I mean it's crazy because deep down I think I always wanted to get married um I definitely did because I think that that's a health that's a healthy thing to want right God places good those good guidelines in us because he created us so his law is written on our hearts he gave us a conscience none of us can separate ourselves from that as much as we try to detach and get so lost in that darkness but just looking at my life now like the guideline that god one of the guidelines of many is like family right the family unit god created and it is good husband and wife sex within that boundary is good children within marriage that is good not that children aren't good if they're not born in a marriage that's not what I'm saying I'm saying it's just good for the family to be together right and you know I look at my daughter and like I hold her and I look and it's really what people say it's the best thing ever and before I had kids I was giving birth saying I never effing wanted kids yeah I was granted I was in a lot of pain right so I was just saying things but until you like have the things that God says are the ultimate blessing. Like for me, I didn't think they were ultimate blessings. I thought it was like, who the hell wants to have kids? You know, like, well, let's bring kids into this world. Well, like our environment, it's too hard on the environment. And and it's so not freeing and it's oppressive. And why would I want to push a baby out of my vagina? It looks insane. Like that looks disgusting. And like I had all those feministic excuses and like beliefs but now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm actually happy. I wasn't, I was miserable then. And you're just going to be miserable, whether you want to admit it or not. Like Chelsea Handler, right? Like brags about waking up, smoking a joint, masturbating, childless reality, spending all the money she wants, going to Paris. To, but she's not happy. She's, she's not. She's a nut. I used to like her way back in the day. 
not me too not i actually her. really liked her but i would not watch her not now. watched her in years when i started to figure out the agendas and all the propaganda around ultimately just pulling us away from god's design for us because family and that unit is paramount for yeah. god for god to be glorified because you have two places where you can really uh Im- implement godly education in the family and that's the in the kingdom, home right well that's in the, yeah that's the in the family, home yeah. and in the church yeah and so if you can attack the family unit mm-hmm. and even prior to the family unit attack the individual get them to think that they don't want children that it's bad on the environment be an individual be, rebel yeah. you're the black sheep do your own thing it all is all plays into each other. it all plays into it it's all the but same you're actually more you're stronger in those god god-given what do they call them dynamics dynamics yeah. um what's the word i'm looking for give me a second i'll think of it not structure because you're the structure dynamic parameters maybe it's Par- called paradigm god gave not governments but mm-hmm. like i was listening to this the other day it's like god provided not structures covenants covenants, covenants but it's not the word maybe it'll come to me it's yeah the point. like like government family and marriage and marriage like god has created certain i think structures is a good word it's not right. the word i'm looking for but maybe he's ordained these things right I but don't know. point is is like we rebel against the very things that make us more sh- powerful and strong and sturdy and secure which are actually good things which are things that i actually thought were lame when i was a ignorant kid like yeah let me go start a business with no money and like i was willing to take these risks but i thought it was cooler because I was willing to take those risks, all goes back to the rebellion and the thinking I was like, you know, special. Yeah, the the love that I of God is not just rainbows and butterflies, right? The love comes with consequences and boundaries and discipline and discipline. Those are all part of the tough love. Yeah. Aspect of love. And we're taught unfortunately that god is just all the good things of love where of course he is all of those things he is everything however the constant affirming that our society sees now is because it's the church has not upheld the other side of god well it's interesting that you're saying this because in the church there is a tendency, and thank God, not the church I go to or the, or any of the, well, not the last two churches I've gone to. They were truly biblical. But, like, when you're in the church, there can be a tendency for people to over, like you're saying, over focus on love in the sense of not what love truly is, which is the harsh discipline as well as, like, love itself, right? Kindness, gentleness, all those things. And then outside the church, people look at God the opposite as a mean, oppressive sky fake thing whatever right so it's interesting because in the church people can get too lovey-dovey and outside of the church they look at god as like this mean oppressive thing person whatever you know what i'm saying yeah yeah exactly that's not the church that's not every church no thank god i go to a truly sound biblical church my church in saint pete is truly sound and and sin and repentance are preached but there are churches that focus way too much on the god is love but what is love to find that it's not letting you do whatever you want that's actually hate in my opinion i agree it's indifference it's not necessarily hate it's indifference and indi- indi- indifference can't be love well it's you certainly not you know? loving because if you're right. affirming somebody in their sin then we know 
where they'll end up in eternity and yeah. it, and it won't be um a very yeah, good place it's, for it's them like parent you know growing up i hated when my parents would discipline me i hated getting grounded i hated boundaries i wanted to be able to do whatever i wanted and i think that's, that's a product with god you know well that's a product of our sin nature we right. were born to be prideful and rebellious because when ada becomes me when she's walking around and Can't she's wait. able to talk a lot <laughs> She'll start saying no to you immediately. immediately you're gonna, you're gonna yeah, want her to do yeah. something, and you didn't, no, te- no, you didn't teach her to be like that. It's Where'd inherently it yeah, it's in our fallen nature, it's and so that's crazy. what's so wild to me that she, that's how we are with God, and we rebel against His parameters of of discipline that are there to keep us safe and mm-hmm. protected mm-hmm. and we don't recognize that until yeah. we're on the other side of it yeah. so i you know we can keep going on and on with topics and i love it and we've been all over the place but i want to tie it back into our testimonies where we you know we, we barely sh- even touched on our yeah, testimonies we did, but we've kind of been like <laughs> looping testimony theology with, with side topics no it's good I it mean, is good. good and this is our first recording so it's just gonna get better from here yeah um, but I would love to hear from you. We talked about how we both identified being a black sheep and mm-hmm. we're special and in everything that we were doing from the parties to the al- accolades and you on your own journey of being an entrepreneur with you started numerous different companies, even after mm-hmm. the rave company, you ended yeah. up doing a, a zoning, zone, a zoning. And permitting company, which Could've, I sold and thank Praise God in 2020. Couldn't be more opposite too, which is so funny. <laughs> Dude, I always think about that. How literally I go from this wild. I mean, don't get me wrong. The business of dance music is hard. It wasn't all cocaine and no, rainbows that's, and butterflies that's a hard and business. raving. It was hard. Like there were fun times, but it was a lot of pressure. But like, yeah, the zoning thing is like I, I, I go from being this like raver putting on these raves and I was still raving when I was doing the zoning stuff, but working with the government and red tape. But it was really great in the context of the learning that I got out of it and understanding structures and systems that create our world and real estate and development and things like that. Anyway, so yeah. how how did you go from that hmm. to like? Well, between that and then being a believer in Christ, what what was that those few years like for from you? From going from new age to believing? Yeah, let's we can we can. Yeah, I I mean, there's a lot to it, but I'll. It's like every other story. It's like you hear about people in the new age. It's just like, so I you know the people on cultish describe new age practices as spiritual heroin. So you get this like high. I think it's spiritual heroin. They say. So you get this high, but then you have to go chase the next high. You have to go in the in all in search of enlightenment. But the thing about enlightenment is it's such a you can't grasp it. You can't define it. Like you could pretend that like Buddha defines it, but to me the true enlightenment is finding truth and that was finding Christ and becoming enlightened is having the light within you and the only real light is Christ, not, you know, Reiki or whatever in my turn you know in my experience but so I think it was just like a progression you know I got deeper and deeper into these practices 
met more people who had other practices they were practicing that would introduce me to other things and because it's spiritual heroin and you never get the end result you're actually looking for you have to go just like a drug addict you have to go and take more you have to go and try something else or any kind of addict porn like you got to make it more intense and 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 whatever right get a to get high you have to take more so I would you know went from yoga to meditation I don't remember the exact progression but somewhere in there it started being like energy work and then you know I went to like a three-day silent meditation retreat where we were meditating basically the whole day and um then you know I got Reiki certified level one and two and then I got certain types of body work and then I hired an energy coach for three thousand dollars and then I started channeling spirits and it was just like this progression but I was not getting healthier I was still confused I was still desperate for truth and what's crazy is I remember this is just so vivid I was getting close to when I got saved and I had this energy coach so basically what she would do is she would look at you over the screen and she would communicate with quote-unquote your team your spirit guides now I understand them to be deeming demons deceiving spirits deceiving familiar spirits but she would coach your energy to become more aligned you know whatever and I remember ask like pressing the concept of purity I was like but I'm looking for something pure and clean I don't know why the word pure was coming to my mouth but I knew I wasn't feeling the. I was trying to I was looking for spiritual purity which can obviously only be found in Christ I didn't understand what I was saying I just knew I was seeking I don't know why those words came out of my mouth she tried to tell me it was in my heart which is obviously a lie the heart is we're sick be, you know we're sick so I need a savior my heart was not pure and it just, when I got saved, I look back on that, like seeking purity, right? Like that was me looking for Jesus. I didn't know that then. But anyway, so all these modalities, not healing, not actually getting the relief I was looking for, still desperate, still looking for truth. And then, you know, David and I moved down to Florida because we wanted to get out of Philly. I feel like Philly is a very... I mean, maybe we can go back there and meet a lot of Christians, right? Because you kind of surround yourself with the people. I don't know about that. Like, but to me, it was a pretty dark city and very pagan. I was just there. So and let, pagan. And let me tell you, all the rainbow flags that mm-hmm. I've seen. Mm-hmm. I, did you feel, I don't want to get sidetracked on this. Yeah, but I can finish and yeah. tell you how I got saved. Yeah. Is that what you asked me? Like, how did yeah, I go from Yeah, there I would to love believing? to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, we moved down to Florida. I just felt like I had to get out of Philly. And actually, we moved into an apartment building. You were there on the water in St. Pete. And we actually moved into next door to two Christians. Who I don't even know if I can call them Christians, but we don't have to go into that. But they're, they're Christian, I guess. And God used that, of course. But the key person in the story was we met another Christian. Her name was Taylor. And I met her down at the pool one day, and she we started talking about God because I was obviously seeking and very ripe and ready. She sent me a podcast from a church out in Oregon that basically, I don't, it was called like something Elohim and it was a, it touched on a lot of occult things and how they weren't good and all the biblical reasons for that. 
I listened to that and everything just started clicking. Click, 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 click. Like right before that, I was actually going to a Course in Miracles, like a church. Yeah, and I remember reading and doing the Course in Miracles practices and crying and getting literally feeling myself falling into more of a depression because I'm like wait isn't this supposed to have the opposite effect on me like you know you see people's testimonies about A Course in Miracles and how much it changed their life but for me I was so close to meeting Christ if that worked for me then I wouldn't have met Jesus right so I had to have get more depressed in order to keep searching for why the hell am I getting more depressed so I have this A Course in Miracles. I'm going to this A Course in Miracles church, which it's dark stuff. It literally makes no sense. Like it literally there's no logic behind it, no sense behind it. But <clears throat> so then she gives me that podcast. I listen to it. And like I said, click, 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 click. Things start clicking. The Holy Spirit's like prompting me like to get rid of my astrology apps and like let go of all these idols I had around me. And just something about that podcast did something and I just kind of like started throwing away my idols threw away my tarot cards threw away my crystal because it clicked I understood I'm looking for God I'm seeking truth he's saving me you know one day I'm it's midday and I go and lock myself in our closet and I just start like bawling and repenting and just like googling what I should say and what prayer I should prayer to like you know go through repentance and that had a lot of my religious trauma tied to it as a Catholic. Like, what prayer do I pray? Like, what should I say? I want to make sure I say the right things. I said the prayer like five times, like looked up different prayers. And of course, it had nothing to do with the prayers I was saying. It was my heart and my repentance and actually coming to Christ and him saving me in that moment. And um, actually, <laughs> there's so much more. But there's one other major thing that happened. And I'll keep it really short, but I mentioned when I was working with that energy healer, one of the things that I was building up to learning and being able to do is channeling. And one night I, did I, I'm trying to think if I actually took any, oh, I ate freaking edible because at this time is when my fibromyalgia was like blowing up and I had all this physical pain and I got a medical card and I took medical, you know, edible that night. And it made me have a psychedelic trip. And I just, me and edibles just never mixed well. It really did bad things to me. It opened me up to the spirit world. Really, it did. So that night, I took that and I channeled. Like, literally, like, I was automatic speaking. And I have, like, the recordings, I think, on my computer. And a, I got demonically possessed that night. Like, a demon entered. And I had, there was, when I say this was, like, I call it the last battle for my soul. Because somehow in that night, I'm on the couch, literally writhing in pain. Like, my stomach hurt so bad. Like, it felt like something was in my body. I don't think I know this story. Yeah, it was insane. I thought I had to go to the hospital. David was like, you're just tripping on edibles. Like, but it was spiritual. Like, in, like they, the spirits capitalized on this weak moment and came in because I invited them through these. Uh-oh, the baby's crying. <laughs> oh, I'm almost done. Let me get through this. So this night I'm tripping, I have this spiritual portal open, I'm channeling. And then at one point in the night, I'm like in the other room, like with the Lord's Prayer, just repeating over and over in my head out of nowhere. And I'm just like, why is this happening? And after that night, and all these things kind of culminated into me getting saved and God saving me and, and everything. I mean, there's obviously so many crazy details. Like I wrote a I automatic did automatic writing and wrote a book in like four days like this is all kind of happening around the same time 
and then I met that girl and then I started going to Bible studies that they were having in my building through this girl Taylor and then I got saved got she baptized me I threw away all my idols and started going to church but there was like such a a melting pot of different crazy spiritual demonic experiences that were that was happening and I look at that as like just the spiritual warfare of it of Satan really really coming for me and obviously I belong to Christ and he was just putting up a fight for my soul and so I had to go through all these crazy things to get there and there was definitely more stuff that happened but ultimately it led to repentance belief and then undoing all of that and you know I got spiritually attacked in my sleep for like months like badly like like I actually felt it ha- like just dark stuff dark 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 stuff so the battle was real but I'm thank god I'm in such a good place now and I was not then <laughs> yeah so Serena and I were just I had to go get the baby and we were off line oh she's uh, starting to cry we were off recording and I was kind of reflecting more on that whole channeling thing that I was talking about because it was such a complicated situation in terms of all the things that were happening it was a complex thing you know I took the edible the you know the medical edible for pain and then I channeled a demon and had this automatic speaking you know which was a spiritual quote-unquote skill or gift I was seeking for so long and then after that day I channeled a book where I was automatic writing an entire book for the next four days. And so many of these spiritual, spiritist practices were coming online for me that I was trying so hard to obtain. But what I was saying to Serena is like, depending on which lens you used to look at it, you know, from a psychology standpoint, it would have been classified as a manic episode. From a spiritual standpoint, it's classified as demonic possession or spiritism, demonic influence. And then from a drug standpoint, it's a psychedelic trip, right? So all these things were like working in tandem. They're all kind of like one and the same, different definitions to describe something that was going on. But it definitely was spiritual, definitely was psychedelic, and it definitely was like psychologically messed up, you know? Um so it just depends which lens you're using to look at what happened and how you would describe what happened, right? Like a secular psychiatrist would describe it as a manic episode and a hippie in the woods would describe it as psychedelic, you know? And But the truth of the spiritual nature of it was it was demonic possession, you know? And you were so excited about it too because yep. you had felt like you were reaching the next, the next dimension yes. and you were feeling enlightened yes. and you were saying yes. earlier too that... I leveled up, yeah. It was the levels that you were trying to attain to for so long, and this was right before you met Christ, right? Not too right. long after, it, right? It all led to it. Yeah, it was, like, all kind of happening at the same time. Like, and I describe it as, like, the last battle for my soul. Like, I reached this new level, and I thought I had ascended, but like we talked about earlier, it was really the depths of Satan. It's so crazy because in the world of consciousness and enlightenment, they talk about it in this context of ascending, going up, right? Reaching heaven, seeking for God. But Jesus calls it the depths of Satan. You're really going down toward hell, deeper into hell. But you think you're ascending higher towards he- the heavens and towards ethereal knowledge and, and mysticism and God. But it's the complete opposite because that's what deception is. Everything is upside down and then you get 
saved and you're like, wow, just everything was backward. Like Satan, like you said, disguises himself as an angel of light. So you think you're going up, you're going down. You think it's Christ says, I forget. Maybe we can bring it up if we can look up the scripture. But he says, if the light that you think is in you is actually darkness, how dark indeed is it really? And that's a paraphrase. I actually think I'm going to look for it. Yeah, I wanted to reference to that is that when you're in that deception and the new age and all about spiritual enlightenment and you're on you're in that constant hamster wheel of seeking those spirits are masquerading as their like as the angel of light essentially they are good spirits to you at the time they're never good but when you're in that world it feels good and you keep seeking and reaching for that to like you were doing but then as Christ started to pursue you Lex that's when you started to feel how demonic they really were it's that they're in cognito the whole time that they have a hold of you and you're in their grasp and when the enemy's territory you see them as good but really they're dark the whole time and then the second you get the taste of the true goodness which is Christ our Lord and as he's pursuing you that's when you can see that the masquerade and the masks come off of them completely. They start to grip at your soul even more because they know they're about to lose you. So they, I think almost that they can't keep up their act as being fake anymore. So they have to get rid of their disguise. So they just come on full blown like, we're about to lose this one. Let's just go all in and now... And be- use fear. Yeah, and they use the fear tactic to get you back. Right, because I was being spiritually attacked in my sleep. Demonic attacks, bad, bad, dark stuff. Was this the year... That was of- during all this. Okay, during and all of it. And after I got saved. But I want to say okay. with what you were saying, and I found the scripture, um, it's like a human, like a narcissist or a manipulator or a, psycho- a psychopath. I don't know. Anyone that's using someone and manipulating them, they're super sweet, right? And they're not who they seem, right? Yeah, and then you start pulling away and figuring them out, and they go to these great lengths to use fear to ma- continue manipulating you to the point maybe they kill you someone or they hurt them because they're pissed that you're figuring them out, you know? And that's when you see someone's true colors. Right. So I found the scripture. Are you done with that thought? Yeah, of course. So it's Matthew 6.23. And I'll just read MLT. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. Like the eyes are the windows to the soul, right? So with what's going in, he's talking about that. And then he says, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So when I was in the new age, when I was seeking all these next, you know, when I was seeking all this knowledge and wisdom of the spirit world, thinking it was good, it was actually dark. And, you know, you'll hear like um, new agers use the term like be the light or, or let your light shine or whatever. And it says if the light you th- have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness really is. Because if you think you're in light, but it's really dark, and only God can tell us what's good and bad and what's light and dark, then you're really in a bad place because you're so deceived that your whole reality you think is light, but it's dark and demonic and, and evil, and you're in spiritual darkness, and it's a sad thing. But that, like, everything is in the scriptures, right? Like, once you get saved, you read it, and you're like, it's just all there, it calls everything out, everything. 
there's a scripture for everything really and i love that verse about the light being in the eye and and all of that that's exactly what i thought it was i wasn't sure where it was entirely in the bible wow well thank you for sharing all of that yeah i didn't know some of those stories sometimes i forget that those things happen and then i start like thinking back to when i got saved and i think about that demonic possession stuff and i'm just like whoa that actually happened that was crazy yeah, there's a lot of New Age to Jesus testimonies that I've listened to, and a lot of common themes in there are that, like you had described, the spiritual heroine and just needing to keep going and going, and you even related it to porn, which I really liked that connection you made because when you are addicted to porn, you're constantly looking for the next extreme. It has to become more and more. You're building up that tolerance just like you do with a drug and mm-hmm. spiritualism can be addictive as well. It There's, is addictive for sure. Yeah. It's, porn is the sexual immorality mm-hmm. and the new age spiritism, anything outside of the true, real, true God is spiritual immorality. So there's spiritual immorality, sexual immorality, porn, and the new age, the spiritual heroine of it are one in the same, just in terms of like how you would define both. They're both fake they're both counterfeits. They're both horrible for you. And they both lead to nowhere good. There's no end in sight with both of them. Yeah. So before we wrap, I guess my question for you is in terms of your new age practices, I know you were into transcendental meditation. Like how deep in the practices did you get? Like did you ever do reiki like where did how deep into it did you get where did it cut off for you like were you ever demonically possessed like i was <laughs> no i i never gotten to that point and when i was in new age and i was I trying it. to get gain that type of spiritual enlightenment and get those breakthroughs i could never get into those breakthroughs mm-hmm. and i would wonder like something's wrong with me yep why can't why can't i have these spirit crazy spiritual experiences and i think that's why i really was attracted to psychedelics because through psychedelics I was able yeah, to. Exactly. Even when I was microdosing for a while there on psilocybin, I felt like I was on that was where I could get to that level. That yeah. was where I could really hone in my focus. I had crazy strength and I just mm-hmm. felt like that was feeding the pride within me thinking that I was special. I got really into yoga. I got into transcendental meditation. I took a whole course on that. And meditating was something that I did two times a day, sometimes three times a day. I really liked Nidra, Yoga Nidra, which is just kind of like that sleeping meditation and psychedelics, really. That was my way of feeling like I was connecting to a spirit realm and I felt that when I was in there or or in these episodes, I guess, that I was gaining higher knowledge that way. Mm -hmm. So I was constantly chasing that. That was, I think, my... Yeah. My my chase and my hamster wheel version because there was something always in me that would convict me of certain practices, of signing up with a certain coach to help me channel and do all that stuff. I always had something blocking me. And I truly see it now as the Holy Spirit protecting me that whole time that there were certain drugs that I, well, I would say 
DMT that I would try to do. Mm-hmm. And I was never able to get into that breakthrough realm like mm-hmm. so many yeah. other people have yeah. experienced. I and either. I look back and think that that oh, was God. God protecting me. In Philly, I was into a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation. So 2016, 2017 is when I went to California for that mental health rehab where there wasn't, we had some yoga there, but it wasn't heavy into new age spirituality. It was very much mental health, more Mm -hmm. psychology and, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So this is big for me. What really catapulted me in tandem with new age was the self-help stuff, the self-love, all of that. Eckhart Tolle's New Earth really got me hook, line, and sinker. And I think I was really into the meditation, the qigong, the yoga, all the things because I had been so traumatized in childhood that I I looked at these things as a way to heal me and do inner child work. So it was a mix, a hodgepodge of some new age with some self-help slash psychology, all of that. And so when I left the rehab in 2017, I was in California and there I got really into the same stuff. I just was still meditating. I was journaling a lot. I was writing a lot and I was just connecting with spirits that way. I sort of got into, I didn't quite get into tarot, but there was this roomy deck that I would use sometimes, which was another form of kind of channeling. But I always had something stopping me before I got too deep. And then at some point in my life, too, years before when the Lord really started calling me back and through when I joined my support group, which was a faith-based support group in 2019, that was all full of Christian women. So that was when the Lord really started to pull me back. And I had started to get convictions that were all around purity, like you were saying, like where the word kind of popped into your head right when you were working with that energy healer yeah mine was heart desires were changing so the lord was convicting me of my behaviors of the relationships that i was in because Mm -hmm. i was a serial date you know i i had boyfriends my whole life and there was something in me that didn't want to be in relationships i would always not not to mention that i just i was so bad at communicating I was not always honest and I just had so many behaviors that I was acting out because of my childhood in my relationships. However, I started to be convicted that, well, my way of going about the conviction wasn't great. It was me pulling away from my relationships and just trying to exit them in a, in a painful way where it would hurt the other person. And then I started to realize, okay, I can speak up. I can actually speak and communicate and part ways in the right way. So the Lord was pursuing me amongst all of that. I would say for the next few years after I joined that faith-based support group in 2019, I still was mixing new age. I was Mm -hmm. still into new age stuff. I was still manifesting. I was still doing the law of attraction. I was still journaling with that in mind constantly. I started to get confused that there were multiple paths to, to the law or to heaven. I actually started to believe in reincarnation. So Mm -hmm. it was a slow, slow trickle of just, perversion of my mind on the things of God that I was mixing the two because I when I would think about the Lord and God 
I started to worship the creation, which they say, you know, in Romans the, about they worship the creation, not the creator, Romans 1. And that's what started to happen to me is that even when I would think about God, I started to feel like, oh, no, but I can attain to be this God within me. Right, so, and that's if you're not grounded in the Bible. We right. were just talking about this. Satan and deceiving spirits can still influence you. Yeah. Which is why you literally have to be studied up and prayed up in in the word, in the word. It's the, it's the sword of the, what is it? The word is the when the helmet of salvation and the word is the the belt of truth, right? It's the only way you have truth is if you're in the word. Yeah, precisely, because I was mixing a hodgepodge of everything that I re- if somebody would have asked me questions about my morality back then or the stuff I believed in, I Well, I, I did was, start questioning you. I was like, because no, I had gotten you, saved, right? You and did. Then, yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying, because like, then I saw you still practicing those things, and I was like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, well, that's that's definitely another key point for how the Lord was drawing me back when he was using you 100%. It's almost embarrassing looking back now because my views just contradicted each other. Yeah, they made well, absolutely no sense. Even talking about it now, same. about, okay, well, God is within, but yet we all ascend. and We're looking not, for something outside, but, like, they say it's within you. And yeah, like, and what? not and not every human can ascend. Like, we're different than the others. We're, we're, we're higher enlightenment. We're, cool. we're in the 5D realm where everyone else is on this we're 2D, 3D. We're the light, light leaders. We're the, the, what do they call them, the light leaders, the... Well, star seeds as star well. Star seeds. Blue, yeah. blue indigo I'm children. I'm a Palladian. I never got into the um, <laughs> esoteric, uh, into the Akashic records. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't tap into that. But um, yeah, at some, at some point. What do you think of all this? In 2020, I remember it was my 30th birthday because you came down. Well, eat. I was in Florida you from the restaurant from yeah. California. Well, we hung out a few different times, and you. I think I'd gotten saved earlier the previous year. 2020, yeah. End of 2020. November 2020. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my birthday then. I'm sorry. I turned 21, or I turned 30 in 21, because I was born in 91. So yeah. that makes sense. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you had gotten saved just previously. So mm-hmm. you were super on fire, and you had no filter. I remember <laughs> you just you just blatantly called me out like, I see the stuff you're posting. Like, this is not with God. Like, and but then, I was super scared when I was saying I had so much anxiety. But you did. I'm so glad you pushed through the anxiety because it really planted the seed of doubt and not a seed of doubt about God, a seed of doubt about my morals and my beliefs and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And that's why that the love, the tough love of judgment and of um, boundaries is really so important because you need to plant that seed of doubt and not just constantly affirm. Affirm, if, right. Because if, if you're affirmed, then you just go deeper into your 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 sin of your own making yeah (laughs) exactly and so i will never forget when you had asked me just straight up well have you you know because you're asking me about jesus because you were you were asking me about your questions and i i do remember saying yeah i knew jesus and yeah like i know yeah i was saved when i was eight or something yeah i told same thing my husband was saying yeah i told you about exactly my salvation when i was younger and i do feel like because that happened the lord 
always had his hand on me throughout my life. However, I did not have the true repentance yet. And you had asked me. Where was your point of repentance, right? Is that the question? Yeah, you asked me. Coming back to me right now. You asked me directly, have you repented? And I was like, well, what do you mean? Yes, you were like, what do you mean? And I was like, ah, red flag. (laughs) Yeah, no, you knew immediately. Like, you were like, no, you'll know when you repented. And you said that to me. And I will never forget it. That's so crazy. I was just like, oh, okay i need to look into this and I just, <laughs> that's I, wild because i remember asking you and i'm this is a good question for to like in an apologetic standpoint like when was your point of repentance for someone that maybe thinks they're saved but they're not like no it there's is. a clear before and after it at is least, well you just know, like you some, were saying at least in the extreme cases but and you were saying in your closet when you were crying like that was your repentance you didn't even need to say a prayer other than crying no, out to right. lord asking him to right. forgive you of your sins like what what you were doing raw and organically in that moment of your closet crying right. was your moment yes, of true, the repen- of yes, true the repentance. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, my moments were just being down here in Florida the last summer is when I just had really spent a lot of alone time with, with God. And I was uh, down here just by myself. And that's I recognize when that happened, and I'm a little bit cutting ahead here. But even back when you witnessed to me in 2020, And that was when I started to seek God more. I started to get my own Bible, but I still was intermixing new age and my life in the world. However, I've been started to get convicted around being single. I shouldn't be in a relationship anymore. And I, that my last relationship ended in 2019 and I've been single ever since. Um, and so that had been happening and I started to stop really going to festivals. Like I wasn't, those were not my priority anymore, going to music and Mm -hmm. just all the things that I used to find gratification in suddenly were not gratifying me anymore. My life, which is so interesting because you kind of, you were saying you came to Christ and really like, whoa, I'm getting more depressed. What's going on? I should be well, better. Well, like you said, like you like you felt like God never let you break through a certain level. Yes. Be, but that was happening with me. Like mm-hmm. I was just forcing it, forcing it, but I was getting more depressed. And like I had so much anxiety and I was so disturbed, right? Like so it's not like, oh, I'm so happy that these things are happening. It was like, oh, this is cool. I'm leveling up. And that's why they it's so messed up when they say like ascension symptoms or like headache, fatigue. Like basically you're going to feel like crap when you're ascending. Yet Christ promises joy, but this love, is joy, warning. peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Not necessarily like your all your mental illnesses and all your problems are going to be healed, but you will have a sense of joy and peace that you're looking for through ascension that you'll never get. You actually get more depressed and more anxious and more like bothered. Which right? is a sign, my everybody. Experience. It's a sign. There were right. times when like, I would it's do. It's not a sign to work harder at it. It's a sign to give up on it and like come over to the side where there's real peace. But like they'll just tell you that's just a symptom of it. There's always a reason and a, and an, and a, and a justification for how you're feeling, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny because... I had the same experiences with psychedelics. Sometimes I would have, Mm -hmm. most of the time it was a really amazing transformative experience. And looking back, it was, it was never that. However, I would have some dark experiences on dissociatives and on psychedelics. I remember just feeling like, whoa, I should never do that again. But I would go back. Then you do it again. But I would do it again. And it's. Because this time it'll be different and I'll level up this time and I'm going into it more prepared and. 
I went through the same thing with psychedelics, which we can, there's so much more to talk about. Oh, yeah. So those next two years from when 2020, when you went, 2021, my 30th birthday, January, so when you were first witnessing to me, that's when it planted that seed of doubt. And I started to really seek the Lord even more. However, I was still very much intermingled with the new age and all of that. So it wasn't until I had finally settled in Florida in 2022 spring after I had done so much travel in early 2022. I had went to Mexico and all this other stuff. When I finally settled in Florida and the Lord got me in the silence, opening up the word. And there were certain books I remember. Oh, I read uh, Kill the Noise, which is a Ryan Ryan Reese book about his testimony. And he has a similar background. He was a pastor's son, but he went into parties, throwing events, got into drugs. Like he had a wild testimony. And I read his book in uh, like two days, this whole book. And it just, I ate it up that January prior to me settling in in Florida and so I had been reading certain things and then watching testimonies and all of that and that's when things just started to come online for me and then when I opened up the word and I was able to finally revelations has come through like wow this is a book that's timeless yes we change and there's more advancement in this modern age however humanity's behavior never changes the behavior of humans have been the same since the beginning of creation fallen nature since our fallen nature in fact fallen even further further away from perfection that's why it seems so worse now because let's say the generations after adam and eve were not as uh, perverted from perfection because they were so closer to the perfected dna of adam and eve until there's a ministry called Answers in Genesis, and this is kind of how they answer genetic reasons for why we have there's so many, cancer, why there's more, more sickness and all that now is because our DNA is that much further from perfect DNA, which that's how they explain it. And I find that interesting. Just an observation there. That's why I added that in there. So the word is what really, oh yeah, it was in the word about its, about its realizations where human mm-hmm. behavior has always been the same throughout time. I finally realized that this book is so relevant to our everyday life. When I recognized that, that's when it really hit me. And actually what, oh, the biggest thing that really got me to Lex was back in 2020, we obviously knew everything that was going down and how people were getting censored and silenced and all of that stuff. And it started to dawn on me. I thought, wow, Jesus, when he was living here, he got ultimately canceled and silenced. I mean, to the point of death, but If there was social media back in Jesus's day, like he would have been kicked off all the platforms, (laughs) you know, and the Mm -hmm. truth would have been really suppressed ever since Jesus has left the earth. Well, his Holy Spirit is here. However, his physical body is not among us, at least not at least not in this present moment. But the truth has been suppressed since then. You know, people, everything in our secular world teaches us the opposite of the things of the Bible. So that's what I was trying to tie in there. Yeah, well. I don't know how much longer you want to go, but when you brought up 2020, it brought to my, it's crazy because like my testimony, I could tell it and actually leave key parts out. That's because so many things happen and we're working in tandem. But one of the big things was in like, you know, I was the type like the black sheep. Like I didn't care about politics, right? Like I was like, oh, presidents are selected, not elected, typical, that type of person, right? Just like I was a spiritual but not religious person. I was presidents are selected, not elected. I'm not going to bother myself with it. And then 2020 rolled around and all of a sudden I was all into politics, which I think happened to like a lot of people. And for me, you know, the way my worldview worked and the way I was looking at things is like I was – all about Donald Trump 
And I actually started looking at him in like now I understand what I was doing before I was saved. I didn't understand. I started looking at Donald Trump in the context of a savior. Like I wasn't thinking Donald Trump is my savior, but I was acting in a way that was like Donald Trump needs to win and he will save certain things about America. So things were getting really dark and our culture was really like have like heading into tumultuous times that we're in now, like we're so divided and you were seeing all that really coming to a head in 2020. And to me, Donald Trump was the person that should win to save America or whatever you want to say. And I realized, you know, in hindsight, after I got saved, that I was looking at Donald Trump as a savior. But obviously, he's a human, right? So once I found Christ, and then I looked at how I was approaching the whole politics thing was, I was so entrenched in it because I had so much fear. I was so scared for our country and like where it was going and what the future was going to be that I saw Donald Trump as like the solution, which obviously like no human is the solution to this. The only solution is repentance and turning to Christ. But that was a big part of my testimony because that plays such a huge role in the fear that I had and which drove me to God. Yeah. And you know, something is not from God when there's fear attached to it. And when you're putting your hope or your faith or your trust in man, Right. It's not going to lead anywhere. And when we are There's the ones. idol. Exactly. And when humans are trying to be their solution to their own, or when we are trying to solve a problem yes, by yes, humans, that's yes. been our, or I'm getting tongue twisted, but when humans are trying to solve a problem that they've that they created, created in their very nature. Precisely. We cannot be uh, the problem and the solution. Correct. Which is why evolution is as a worldview is so corrupt and doesn't work because there's people that'll look at the problems in the world as like you'll look at someone like Joe Rogan that thinks people are inherently good more than bad and that eventually nobody's good not one yeah eventually we're going to evolve to the point where these problems are going to be solved because we're pro- constantly learning and troubleshooting and getting better but the truth is is like it hasn't gotten better if you will just be radically honest um we cannot like you said we cannot we're the problem so you can't solve a problem with you can't be the solution and the problem at the same time so it's like that's why like i said evolution doesn't work because like they'll teach you that we're evolving and we're going to eventually evolve to the point of perfection because we'll learn and work it all out it doesn't work we are not god like christ is already perfect he already has a plan he already has the plan of salvation and of restoration of the whole world. Like it ain't ever going to come from humans. Nope. And I'm grateful. Honestly, looking back, 2020 really woke a lot of people up too. Yeah, so and many. I think, and I think politics was the initiator, but the ones that have come to Christ yeah. from that praise the Lord. And I'm grateful that I was one of them. And that had been one of th- those realizations is that, okay, if Jesus really was here on earth, he was the one that was ultimately canceled in my eyes. I looked at it like, wow, so many people that I know are getting silenced on speaking the truth online. And look what's all coming out about the, you know what, and you know, all, all the stuff um, that I said, okay, well, I really need to look into this Jesus person who I really need to get in the word and see what he was all about. And if Jesus really did walk this earth, then I have to believe everything he said a hundred percent. I can't nitpick it. I can't cherry pick these verses. I have to accept it fully 100%. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing that had clicked 
kind of around that 20 when I was leaving California in 2021 because I was talking to the Lord a lot at that time. I had almost lost my job because of the friggin jab and having um, an accommodation approved. I wrote a religious accommodation and I was like learning the word and I was using biblical scripture in that, but it wasn't fake. I was believing it. And, and that's kind of also what's clicked with me the too. The renewing is, of your mind. It was the renewing yeah. of my mind. I was like, yeah, this is how I feel. So clearly I need to pay more attention to this. And then when I started to surrender my will of staying out in California and letting the Lord bring me back, well, not back because I'm not from Florida, but bringing me to Florida to my mother to restore that relationship that had been broken for a very long time and but was also on a p- positive upswing trajectory of healing when I've been in California her and I had really started to build uh, our communication back up slowly and you know the Lord had been working on both of us as individually at that time too yeah obviously we can go on and on but oh, yeah. I think so much more but. I think it's a good <laughs> good way to wrap it up here on on these topics and thank yeah. you for ready for round sharing. two and yeah. to do this on a consistent basis yeah definitely Michelle. thanks All for right. listening thank you guys Bye. see ya okay sweetie okay